Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf. I guess the show. I used to say the podcast there, but now we're going live on video and and then we'll do the podcast and we'll throw it out on YouTube as well. But I, uh, I just wanted to jump on real quick and, and talk a little bit about this idea that we need to always be upgrading to the latest and greatest equipment. And so today when I was driving into the office, yes, I did come into the office today on a Saturday. It looked like it was going to be bad weather. And so rain and stuff. So I wasn't going to go play golf. Originally, I was supposed to be up camping. Some plans changed. So then I thought maybe a little golf and then it looked like it was bad. So I'm like, I'll just come to the office and do a little work. And so I did and kind of came in. And um, so one of the things that I was listening to, I was I was listening to the XM radio to the PG Tour radio program. And the programming is different now, right? Because you've got um, Hank Haney. They're trying to fill, right? They're trying to fill Hank Haney's, I don't know, his um, his spot, right? Because they've taken him off the air and rightfully so. He said some pretty... Um, at the very least, they were silly, but they were definitely hurtful, and they should have been said. And he should have known better. In this day and age, um, to have those types of opinions and attitudes is just beyond me. But anyway, that's Hank. So now they've pulled him off the air, and now they've got to make up with all this programming. So they were literally playing some old, like, Callaway Studio something or other shows. And so I was listening in, and it was kind of interesting. They were talking about um, the Stroke Lab putters, and then they were talking, they had a little interview with Kevin Na, which was, which had been recorded earlier, but it was still interesting, as he has just won, and to hear how, how and why he changed. He obviously was on Titleist Tour for a very long time, and now is playing Callaway stuff. And that's always an interesting process, why these pros change. And so I wanted to kind of listen to that and everything. So as I was listening to it, I got a little, I got a little frustrated. Um, not, it's so hard to know um, if these guys are shooting straight with us. Like Kevin Na, for example, he seems like a straight shooter. I like Kevin Na. I told you I, I followed him and watched him, and I feel bad for the way his dad treats him and all that kind of stuff. But as I was listening to him, he was talking about how he. He made the change. He play, I guess he played the Epic Driver, I think is what he said, last year. And that, that making the change to that one was really easy for him. And he described a little bit that it was kind of like a dating a girl. Or, a, you know, and that he, you know, I had to look good to him. And then you had to go out and see how it uh, worked out. And, and that's kind of where the analogy of, of the girlfriend had to stop. At least I hope it did. But anyway, you have to go out and kind of get a feel for it. Ugh. Um, now I wish I'd never said the girlfriend thing, but he said it first. So anyway, so you go out and play with it and see if it fits and see if you like it. And Kevin Na said right from the get-go, he loved the look of the Epic Driver. And to each their own there, right? I, I personally, I literally have not liked the look of a Callaway Driver since the Big Bertha, right? The Big Bertha was cool because it was so different from anything else. But now... Like my buddy Thane plays um, a Callaway driver. It's just ugly to look at as far as I'm concerned. I look down it and kind of think, uh, no way. You know, I'd rather swing a two by four. The thing, it just doesn't look good to my eye. 
So I don't want to swing Callaway stuff. And that's kind of what Kevin Na was saying is like, you first have to look down with it and have a degree of confidence and think that it looks good and think that, and think that it's going to perform well. And so that's sort of the first thing. And, and, and he liked the look of it, and then he liked the, the feel of it. I've never liked the sound either of the Callaway driver. It's always this kind of like thud thingy. Ah, I'm not a big fan. Um, not that the ping driver I have now makes, it doesn't make a really great sound either, but it doesn't sound like a thud, and a thud's a problem for me. So anyway, so Kevin now makes this move. He goes out. It's so cool now because we can change shafts. We can try a bunch of stuff. We can throw it on the track, man, and we can check we can check to see how accurate it is. We can check to see our spin rates. We can check to see our distances. All of that is so easy to dial in. So I have no, I have no problem believing that Kevin Na was able to dial in this driver. And because he liked the looks of it and apparently liked the sounds and the feel of it, uh, found a shaft that worked. He was able to duplicate his numbers or what he feels like his best numbers are and, and fit the driver. And then to go through the rest of the bag becomes a little more interesting because each manufacturer is a little bit different. But again, we have got technology and real data to help us make those changes. And that's awesome. And so happy that we've got that. Um, and, and so I had no problem with Kevin Na talking about, you know, how he was able to change it out. It does seem that this technology has made it a lot easier for guys to jump from equipment company to equipment company. And you didn't really notice it too much before, or when they made moves, it was a bigger problem. I remember when, when Rory made the jump to Nike, or Nike, or however you say it. I think it's, it's spelled Nike, but they tell me it's Nike. Doesn't matter. Uh, Phil Knight and that, I don't want to, I don't want to start off. I, I don't buy Nike stuff because of uh, Phil Knight's autobiography, which was literally the worst book on business I've ever read and total fabrication. And if he had any idea of how to do business in Japan, he would never had any problem, but he doesn't. And he screwed them over and expect them to treat him like a good person, which I would argue this book proves he is not. So anyway, going on from there back to golf, although Nike used to be in golf, right? So we can talk about that. But anyway, back to golf. Um, when, when Rory McElroy, McElroy sold, I mean, signed that huge contract with Nike Golf and moved, I mean, he went all in, putter all the way through the back to driver. And everybody was freaking out and his play dipped. They couldn't quite get it all to match up to what he was used to playing, which was Titleist, if I remember correctly. I think it's right, that's right. And so there was a bit of a, a problem there. But when Nike Golf kind of went under, essentially, the equipment side of it anyway, and the balls and all that, we had all these players now that were uh, open to, to play anything they wanted. And that's where it gets fascinating. Because all these Nike players have landed in different places. You've got, you've got Brooks Kepka, Kepka now playing Mizuno. You have got, um, let's see, Tony Finau in Ping. You have got, uh, you, you've got Francisco Molinari who's showed up in Callaway. So all of these guys, Rory McIlroy, I believe, is in TaylorMade, right? You've got Tiger Woods that's in, he's playing a TaylorMade, uh, he's playing a, Callow, uh, a Bridgestone ball, but playing tailor-made stuff. So, I mean, everybody kind of went wherever they wanted. And so that like, kind of makes you believe, like, as you're looking at this kind of going, wait a second, you mean to tell me that 
all these guys were playing the exact same clubs, right? Nike clubs or Nike clubs or whatever it is, uh, junk clubs. <laughs> and, uh, and now they've gone off into all these different equipment manufacturers. Now, is that because there's been some guys that have not uh, signed contracts and played whatever they wanted for a while and were feeling it out. And I can appreciate that. That makes sense to me. That also makes you believe that not, they're not able to fit everybody exactly right into every single equipment manufacturer. And that's why the players took some time trying stuff out to figure out where they should be. Then you've got players like um, um, Ryan Palmer who just likes to play his own stuff because he just plays better with it. Um, so it's, all, it's a very fascinating discussion. We've got uh, Steve Stricker playing his old clubs from 10 years ago, Titleist clubs from 10 years ago, because they were unable to duplicate what he wanted in his clubs before going into a major championship, right? So it's a very interesting place to be right now in the golf world where we have a lot of technology. We can get as close as we possibly can, but maybe it's not perfect. So that begs the question then, well, and, and then let's go into putters. This, I've been fascinated because Odyssey and Callaway now are claiming that these stroke lab putters actually make us better putters, which, um, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I, I, that seems pretty odd to me, but they talk about, right? And this is what equipment manufacturers do. They will shower upon us um, research data after research data that the face is hotter, that the putter is somehow or another better balanced because they've counterweighted it. They've counterweighted the, the club, the putter. And somehow or another, the counterweight... Now, I've used counterweighted clubs, and I do like the feel of them, especially in a putter. Um, but it's... And, and some manufacturers have been doing it for a very, very long time. Let me see here. If I can... Let me see here. Let me see here if I can change this. No, it looks like, oh, no, look. Okay, so I'm going to let you come with me. Oh, this is my stash. So over here, I have got some clubs. Okay, so here's one here. So this club here, sorry about that. Oh, there, I'm going to go back to my normal one. Or I could go back to the, oh, the way above view. Would you like that? No? Okay, then we'll go down to this view. So this is my Adele putter that I got a, a while ago, um, and I was fit for it. I went in and they they measured me. They had me, you know, they had me set up, and I had to just make a, a bunch of different putts. And they kind of checked to see if I was lined up properly. And, and then they created a putter, a bunch of different heads, and, and apparently this head right here I can line up better than any other head, right? And they had the data to show it. I was totally convinced that they were right. But this putter has a round grip, which they always think, hey, you know, you don't want to have a flat grip because it's inconsistent when you grip the club. And I, okay, I get that. That makes some sense. They've all got a story. And if your story's good enough, I'll buy it. But they counterweighted this thing. So this is probably, I don't know, five, six years old. It's very loft, so I can change the loft. I mean, pretty cool technology way back in the day. Adele's made some great stuff uh, way back. And anyway, so, so this putter then was counterweighted and I putted great with it for a while. And um, I mean, the, the results were there. I mean, they, they showed me, I, they, 
showed me how I putted with my old putter, and then they showed me how I putted with the putter that they kind of put together there. I mean, they were way ahead of their time as far as I'm concerned, Adele was. And all the work they did with uh, DeChambeau and all that. I mean, it was pretty amazing. So they proved to me that this was a better version of whatever it was. I'm like, great. I mean, at that particular time, we didn't have a bunch of different tools to make sure. So we didn't have our blasts, and we didn't have our putter caddy or swing bites, right? We didn't have this kind of stuff to, to check up on their information. But So this putter then became better for me, and they proved it with whatever kind of data that we had at the time. And I putted really well with it. Now, that leads into a different discussion of why I putted really well with it. Um, th they would claim that I was able to line it up better. They were claiming that because it's counterbounded, so I was put a better stroke on it, all that kind of stuff. Okay, that's fine. I, and, and, and I putted better with it, and, and they proved it to me. So that's great. But now we've got different tools. So now when a company like Odyssey or Callaway comes to us and says, hey, these stroke, these stroke uh, lab putters, and I'll throw this up here really quick here. Uh, nope, these stroke. Oh, you know, I didn't even play our intro. Does anybody want to see the intro? No, we'll just skip it today. Um, so but we'll just skip it, skip it, skip it. Let me see here. Um, but let me throw this up. Okay, so th these are the videos I've been watching today. And because I was really interested in this whole concept that maybe they had really good technology. And maybe uh, it would be um, worth looking at this new putter. So I went through, I watched all these different videos um, and the interview and all of that and listened to their stuff and how they moved the weight around and yada, 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 all right? Kind of went through and, and went through it all. But at the end of it, there was no like data sheet. There was nothing to lead me to believe that this is true. I, I had basically their testimonials, which are super helpful, especially online marketing. They talked about how it was improving, how some people had won with it. Well, that's great. That's fine. That, you know, that on, on, in fact, the, the Sean Toulon, who's obviously a high-end putter maker, said that they already had three wins at this particular time, and the putter hasn't even come out. It was supposed to come out in February. So obviously, it had performed well. Um, but saying that the putter had anything to do with that, I think, is a stretch. Okay, so what do we do now? We hear all these marketing messages about equipment being better, faces being hotter, um, hitting it straighter, all of this stuff, right? And then we watch, look at the PGA Tour and you look at a guy like Jordan Spieth who's having a really hard time with his driver and you just wonder exactly how can these guys make us hotter faces and straighter drivers of the golf ball and all this, but they can't do it for the tour pros who are far more advanced and skilled than we are in playing golf. How is, how is that even possible? I, I don't even understand it. And so this gets us to the point where anytime one of these companies markets to us and says, look, this one is better because of these things, we need to say, great, it sounds great. This all sounded great. The round grip, you know, so you never, your hands always, but, but what about, can you get your hand in the right place every single time? And anyway, all the stuff, that, the, the story that was behind these putters, the, story that, the stories that are behind all of this equipment, we need to take with a grain of salt and say, okay, fine, great, thank you. Thank you, engineers, thank you, science, thank you, data, thank you, everything. 
for putting this great piece of equipment in front of us. And yeah, I mean, I do think that there's some, there's some cool looks out there. There's some cool discussions and technology, but all of them, right? Titleist is uh, faster, right? And you've got ping that's straighter, and now they've got more distance because the face is thinner, and you've got putters that are teaching us how to be better putters, and all of this stuff you take with a grain of salt. But please, all, I mean, all of us, do not change your equipment based on the marketing. You can't. <laughs> They're just out to make money, and I love it. But it's not always going to work for you. Steve Stricker's playing 10-year-old clubs today. Okay? And we now have, we don't have to believe them anymore. We've got TrackMan to check to see if our driver if our driver can be beat by this new equipment. And if it can't be beat by that new equipment, don't buy it. Don't buy the marketing message and don't be concerned that if we don't buy enough golf equipment, they're not gonna keep creating golf equipment. I would argue that if we quit buying golf equipment, when it doesn't work better than the stuff we already have, they will figure out a way to make better golf equipment. But if we keep buying all the stuff that they tell us to buy because of the marketing or because who's playing it, then we're never going to get better equipment. Why would they? They only have to come up with some little marketing gimmick, some little tiny tweak in technology to make up a big story and then shove it down our throats. What we need to do as a group of golfers is say, look, if you can't prove it to me with my devices, and TrackMan, if you can't prove it using one of these, then I am not buying it. If it's not better, then I'm not buying it. And I think that's what's so important. So this Stroke Lab putter, please don't buy one of those putters unless you can take these things in and actually get on something and check it out. You've got the Blast and the Putter Caddy and the Swing Bite, whatever you've got. Or maybe the Golf Shop. I mean, the Golf Shop wants to take care of you and make sure, right? These independent golf shops, which are awesome. Maybe they've got something in there, one of these little devices that can help you check to see if the club, the new club you're buying, is going to perform better for you. And if it's not, don't buy it. Don't buy it. Please don't. Let's make these equipment companies actually work for our money. Instead of just throwing up a bunch of ridiculous videos and a bunch of claims and a bunch of graphs and, and, and data and not see if it actually improves our game. We're the ones that matter, not their bottom line and not their shareholders. And no, I, and none of them will probably advertise with me ever. That's okay, I'll be fine. So that's it. I have got, as far as I go, and I've mentioned this before, I have got, oh, you know what? We're gonna do this again. I have got with me, um, no, that was wrong. I have got with me, come with me, come with me, okay. I have got, this is my friend, well, they're both my friends, but so I have got, so this is my little friend. Ah, this is, this is a good, this is a good friend. Let me change back here. Actually, I'll go up above because you can probably can see more of the club. Okay. So this is, boom, my 24 degree hybrid. Can you see the brand there? Let me get this. So, oh, it's kind of. Fuzzy. So it's Nakash it's made by Nakashima and Tech 2.80 utility club. Right? My hybrid, 24 degree hybrid. Okay. This um it's got a boy, 
What do we got here? Graphite design, graphite design, you know, DI technology shaft. I was fit for it. It was awesome. I went into Nakashima's um, little, they were in, in, what is it, Stockton, Stockton, California. Went into their little uh, manufacturing plant, got fit for all these. It was totally fun. Great. We got on the um, track van and, and worked out all the numbers. Well, this, this little guy right here is now, God, it's got to be seven, eight years old. Six, maybe six, seven years old. It's old. I mean, it's old. This is old. But every single time I, I have, I have hit PXG. I have hit title. I love the look of titles hybrids. I really do. Um, I don't necessarily like the look of this hybrid. I do now because I know that it's awesome and it works great, but I didn't really fall in love with this one right off the bat, but the numbers were so much better. I couldn't help it. Um, Callaway has not done that. It's ugly and it doesn't perform as well uh, for me, but um, maybe for you guys. But anyway, so this club here, I have taken it in every time I have thought that every demo day, every whatever, I like, I love the look of ping hybrids too, right? I, and I hit a ping driver and I hit a ping three wood. So I'm thinking, why don't I just have ping hybrids and maybe that will work. But every time there's a demo day or every time I have gone in and got onto TrackMan and I have put it up against this little guy, they have not performed. They have not outperformed this club ever, never. And so uh, I don't switch. So this club is, you know, eight years old, seven, eight, somewhere in there. And it's still in the bag. And it will, it will be in the bag until somebody can show me that something else performs better for me and my swing and my game. And right now there's nothing. Now, maybe this year's the year that Ping, Titleist, Callaway, somebody, um, not Callaway, um, that, that, that's going to have a better... Um, better club for me. Um, actually, um, yeah, I was looking at a hybrid the other day that was gorgeous. What was that one? Anyway, so that's the key. So please, just to everybody out there, I'm, I'm hopeful that this is, and I'm looking at the wrong camera. I am not good at this, ladies and gentlemen. Well, okay, now we're back. So I'm not up there. I'm not there. I'm here with you. Thank you. So please, when you're out there shopping for golf clubs, if you don't have data, now if you just want to blow a lot of cash, um, I'll put my address down at the bottom of this podcast. Just send it to me. Just cut out the middleman and keep your game. Because if you buy a new piece of equipment just to buy a new piece of equipment, your game will suffer. And I'm about making sure your game gets better this year, not suckier. So if you want to just throw away money, but you want to keep your golf game at the level it is now and actually get better, just send me the cash. Send it to me. I'm good. I'm a good guy. I haven't, well, I haven't cursed once on any of these, right? I'm trying to be a good person. So send it to me and we'll make it work from there. Hopefully that's helpful to some of you. Please don't feel pressure by these marketing folks to buy something new because it's shinier and brighter and prettier and everybody else is and your buddies all have new drivers and, and they're hitting it further than you. I, I don't care. If you can't take your existing equipment and absolutely be proven without a shadow of any sort of doubt that this new piece of equipment is better than the piece of equipment you're already hitting, make sure you take your stuff in with you when you test stuff or there's demo days. Don't just go hit their stuff. That's what they want you to do. 
and they'll look at the numbers and they'll tell you how great it is and stuff and then grab your three wood and see if you can put it out past there. And if you can, then tell, tell them thank you and walk on. They don't want to see you coming with your stuff. They just want to sell you on the new stuff. Okay. I can promise you they are not going out of business if you quit buying their stuff every year. But what we will force them to do is actually come up with better stuff instead of making these tiny little itty bitty improvements that can't even help the tour players play better or help their numbers play better. Jordan, poor Jordan Spieth. I mean, if you think that if, if they could use technology to make his game better, they wouldn't do it by now? You don't think Titleist would do anything they possibly could to make Jordan Spieth hit every single green in the world through technology and through equipment? They'd do it in a heartbeat if it would sell more equipment. But it's not that easy. So don't fall for it. Okay. So always remember, better data means better golf. Don't buy new crap unless it beats your old crap. See ya. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.